What is up? My name is Kevin Wu and I'm an online fitness coach who helps men in their 20s lose weight and get asked for the first time through mindset, nutrition, and training. That's enough about me. Let's get right into today's episode. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to Live to Inspire podcast. Today is Tuesday and that means I hop on a Zoom call with my clients, talk about a couple of topics. Talk about drinking protein versus eating protein, targeting fat loss, understanding fat loss, how to lose fat and not muscle in a cut, how to maximize muscle gain, and how to manage hunger. Let's go dive in. Now, a lot of people, when they kind of think protein itself, uh, they think pretty much like just protein shakes and all that. And then a lot of people just tend to drink the protein shakes and drink away all their calories and just drink, just rely on that one. Now, that's not good in the sense where like, especially if you're on a weight loss kind of journey and are hungrier, all the time or tend to get more hungry or let's just say you bored eat or you emotionally eat drinking your protein away is not going to be the best option because it's well when you do drink your protein it's from what we call whey or whey isolate or even the vegan one if that's the case but basically any kind of protein is in a ground up form which is going to digest a lot faster in your system and it's going to make you feel basically more full I mean less less full right because it's, digest it's very fast digesting you're not actually doing any chewing Right, that whole chewing process of your food itself signals to your brain. It's like, okay, I'm giving you kind of full signals. So when you're just drinking a protein shake or, you know, just drinking something like that in that kind of aspect, it's not going to have those same kind of signals, right? So eating your foods is usually a lot better. Now, when you have a supplement itself, like protein powder or you know, like, let's say, pre-made ready protein drink, they are supplements, right? At the end of the day, a supplement is defined as something that is supplementary to your diet. So whatever you don't get from your diet, you could supplement with. Now, I do understand getting a lot of protein can be hard, but it doesn't have to be, right? Some small little things you could do are eating leaner protein sources, right? So some people think like, you know, like ribs, eggs, or to say some fatty steaks are higher in the protein or bacon, but those are more fat sources than protein sources. They're switching up to some like white fish some shrimp, some chicken breast, some ground turkey. In that aspect, just eat extra lean ground beef already is going to make a huge difference, right? And actually getting that protein goal. So making those switches in terms of your protein sources is going to be number one and your portion sizes, right? A lot of people, like, for example, I was on a consultation call today itself. Uh, somebody might do like a one hour consult over here in that kind of regards. And one of the things he was having like every single day was like this salad and he was having fruit boiled eggs, but also like half like a little fish, but he described it as like, it's like half a palmful. So the two eggs right there are probably like 85 calories a pop and one gram of like fat each. So that's 14 grams and only five grams of protein, right? So like 10 grams of fat for the, I mean, 10 grams of protein for the two eggs. And maybe that little fish is like 12 grams because it's a small little kind of portion, but that's very, very low protein, especially for the amount of calories that kind of salad had because he bought one of those premium ones and he kind of split it up. And that kind of regards, most people kind of have the portion size wrong. If I kind of give suggestion itself, if you do that, do the one egg and double up that fish kind of portion by double the size of that to the full handful. And already that's going to help you have a hard kind of take. So just doubling up chicken breast portion itself, one and a half times more, or one and a half times more, like to say egg whites, or if you have eggs itself, just adding egg whites on top of that one. So it's like you still get that yolky taste, but adding egg whites, so it's just pure protein could definitely help you out, right? Because a lot of people itself, when they're looking at the portions or even when your restaurants are probably a really good kind of example. Like let's just say you ordered a, I don't know, like people think like pepperoni pizza has a lot of protein or like a barbecue chicken pizza. That one has a little bit more, 
but like people ordering a pepperoni pizza, like, yeah, I'm getting a lot of protein. Or if they let's say the classic breakfast, they go to an IHOP or Denny's, they get the eggs, bacon, and hash browns. And they're like, this is a very high protein breakfast. In reality, that thing is probably like 950 calories and maybe 17 grams of protein. Right? So 17 grams of protein in terms of calories wise is only like, like eight, around 80 calories itself out of the 900, right? So do you really think that's a high protein breakfast, right? So for example, even the consultation I did today with the person who uh, invested into that one, he had one bagel with the cream cheese every single morning itself. And then he, yeah, like that's, I mean, that he thought it was a very good breakfast and one egg, right? Really solid breakfast to help with the weight loss. And that's just not the case. A lot of us, I mean, I was getting on top of your training protein versus game protein. But basically at the end of the day itself, we do have a lot of misconception of like, what is a good breakfast? What is high protein? What is going to really help us with the weight loss? Because the standard kind of diets itself and will be kind of portrayed, especially here in North America, especially like the breakfast side of things like our pancakes, our hash brown with eggs, the bacon, those are all like the standard good breakfast and orange juice. They're not, right? They're not going to really uh, towards that weight loss goal very effectively. They're going to make you very hungry. They're going to, and like, yeah, they're not, it's not the best, right? You could lose weight with them itself, but like the rest of the day, we're going to eat various like lean vegetables and well, lean protein vegetables the rest of the day itself, but that very high calorie breakfast, very low protein, not very many micronutrients to this whole like vitamins is not going to be the best, right? So uh, drink your protein versus eating protein, going back to that one, we definitely, especially when you are cutting down and you tend to get hungrier, emotionally eat or just, you know, are eating, you definitely want more of your protein itself than drink your protein, right? I personally right now, if I ever, I'm using maximum pretty much to two skews per day. I know near my competition for my show itself, that's like the absolute maximum. And what I would use it with is my oatmeal. So 40 grams over there, just from, it's probably just flavor wise. And I, it's like my, it's like a treat to me, honestly. Like I absolutely love my protein oatmeal. It's my favorite meal of the day. And if I have a second kind of portion, it's with another protein oatmeal or it's my protein ice cream recipe because I got a Ninja Creep Mai. And that's literally just 40 grams of protein powder, 200 grams of barrel life fat-free milk. So that's 60 calories, 20 12 grams of protein and almond milk. So that's 15 calories of almond milk, which is 150 milliliters over there. And that's literally it. It's a very low calorie. So it's about like 260 calories. And I get like 40 grams of protein in it for that protein on ice cream, right? Because the Ninja Cream Eye is amazing and makes a nice little texture with just those ingredients. So that's kind of, and I'm eating it actually too as well. I'm honestly just eating it like with the protein ice cream side of things. I'm not like, notice I'm not actually drinking them for either or. You can drink them. In that case, if you really want to, but especially with me getting close to my show, I'm eating both of them itself. It's going to be more satiated and it's going to help out with my goals, right? So even like the protein ice cream, it takes a long time for me to eat because it's very cold and it's very satiating and like how much volume I get for it. It's, it's great. It's fantastic. So that being said, you definitely want to try to eat more protein versus drink it, right? All right, so targeting fat loss. This is a very big one I would get asked all the time. I even made a video on it the other day. My opening headline was basically, um, your love handles are the last place you'll lose body fat, right? So and everybody kind of watched that. A lot of comments on that one saying it's very sad, but that's the place that most people want to lose it off from. It's like belly fat, their love handles. And generally that is one of the last places to really kind of go fully. Right, you definitely will kind of see some or feel maybe a little bit changes as you do cut down 
itself but like usually that's the last week to kind of like fully go right and finally like go away to have that final look maybe it's like this guy over here right so like my shape right now even like i'm starting to even notice a little bit more of those love handles and even a little bit more other belly fat to go away because i don't really have much fat kind of around my body itself but even like i'm tightening up even more itself i notice it's more kind of rapidly especially as i have less and less fat so that being said you can't target the fat loss a lot of people think they could do crunches especially when i was working in-person trainer i'd see people doing crunches all the time itself in the gym or like you know working on the abs with the machine crunch and they're like you know trying to lose the belly fat right but it's not how it works itself unfortunately or if you work out your arms it's not going to just magically lose that fat off now a lot of it is genetics right so personally when i first start my phallus journey i do lose a little bit more in the midsection kind of starting off at first and it's pretty noticeable but when i usually start my phallus journey i am already pretty lean itself like every time like the i'd say the highest body fat percentage i ever got to was like 17 percent like ever right so that being said that's a big genetic component and i'm very fortunate in that regards and most people will lose their fat off the back their face their chest their arms and then like yeah pretty much every other parts and then kind of slowly their bellies kind of kind of shrink but you will kind of notice it over time itself but usually people who are like like 300 plus pounds to as well they're the ones usually who get the most frustrated because when they first start losing fat it's a lot of like visceral fats of water weight too as well and they might lose like i don't know 10 15 pounds but visually they might not see many changes itself just looking at like a photo look in a mirror because they have so much kind of fat itself and visceral fat is the fat surrounding organs so it's not the subcutaneous fats where it's like visible over here if i could say you know lost the fat on my chest and having no striations seeing that muscle definition they're going to lose a lot more of that it's not going to be as visible so they can get more frustrated itself when they lose those kind of pounds because like you're losing a different kind of fats but also a lot of water weight too as well especially if you're that heavy you have a lot of glycogen which is basically stored carbohydrates in your body right so you just have to kind of focus really on the process as much as that uh quote unquote sucks itself but as you kind of keep doing now and i have to really hone in on this like i've been like this is the longest bodybuilding prep for a show i've ever done 16 weeks and honestly it feels like forever and i'm so grateful i only have 11 days to go it's next saturday it feels such a long journey because my first show i prepped for 11 weeks second one i did eight and a half weeks itself but this one is miles longer and it's really testing my limits but it's it's great right so definitely the most conditioned most lean i've ever been right now and you just got to keep losing that fat keep losing that fat and this probably has been in my life itself and i'm just focused on the journey right focus on doing the task day to day um trying not to really focus on the date or the end goal over there as much as hard it is you just really have to focus on doing those tasks like your cardios it's you know every single day whatever schedule on your calendar just keep doing that one following the diet and eventually especially like you know two weeks three weeks a month two months three months right four months you're gonna look back and be like oh my god like i made so much progress when in the moment itself where you look the day-to-day that's when it get frustrating and that's a part about the weight loss journey or even like your fitness journey a lot of people kind of struggle with right it's like we see ourselves every single day and it can be hard to be like oh i you know i see those changes right because it's a longer process right it's not like we go to like uh by example i don't know if you go to a dealership you buy a car you get the car right away it's not like that for a body right you don't just wake up the next day after one day of dieting get a six-pack you have to like you know going it's a dealership itself you get that thing right away you don't have that gratification this is like a delayed gratification and it's something 
that contributes to a lot of other areas in life, right? Because if you're able to do those things every single day, things necessary to get towards a goal, it helps out in every single area in your life, whether it's business, whether it's relationships, whether that's just being you as a person, being better, or just being more patient, right? Just it helps in so many different ways because you're, you know, you're doing the things that need to be done. All right. So, but end of the day, it is a myth and you just got to keep losing that fat, keep doing this, the process, keep following along and it will come off. It will come off, right? I had many clients itself, you know, like one month, not really seeing that belly come down itself two months, like, you know, maybe a little bit and three months, it's like, holy shit. Now it's really coming down. Now we're really, really starting to see it. And they're very grateful that they continued on with the journey itself in that regards and really start to see like what they expected, right? So it's all genetic over there in terms of where you lose that fat. Uh, you can blame your parents. Don't blame me. <laughs> all right. So understanding fat loss now. Fat loss is pretty simple at the end of the day. Now, when we break it down itself, one pound of fat has 3,500 calories. Now, there's seven days in a week. So let's say we do 3,500 divided by seven. That means we have to be in a calorie deficit of 500 calories per day. So that's not eating just 500 calories a day. That's nothing. It's basically whatever maintenance calories is that your body, you know, maintenance calories is basically the amount of calories the body needs to sustain its body weight, right? And that's going to be different for every single person. And it might be a little different from day to day too as well, depending on how much you move, right? If one day you work out, one day you don't, one day you go to work and you're working construction, you're working a lot. The next day you're resting at home doing nothing. Those days are going to vary, right? So your maintenance calories is more of a theoretical number and we can kind of balance that one out. But this is why I'm going to say maintenance, right? There's no exact target number. And when I get asked that question itself, that's why coaching is a big thing. Uh, I adjust those numbers and make those adjustments on a weekly basis to make sure that you guys are seeing that progress, right? So uh, theoretically, 500 calories of a deficit below that maintenance day would get you that one pound of fat loss per week, right? Now you might actually lose more than one pound itself on the scale, uh, just due to water weight or glycogen. But in terms of actually like a fat kind of perspective, that's what you lose, assuming that let's just say some other factors like, you know, you're not losing the muscle, right? Because let's just say you get poor sleep or you're training, you're not very training very hard or you're training very poorly, you're high stress, you can lose some muscle too as well. And that might be part of like one pound itself on the scale, right? So this is why going to next point of how lose fats and not muscle cut is something I want to discuss. But at the end of the day, it's a 3,500 calorie deficit for the week. So there's different ways to kind of do it too as well. Like let's just say on the weekdays, you do more of an aggressive cut. Your theoretical, I don't know, maintenance was 2,500. Uh, that's the amount of calories you need to not gain weight or lose weight. And you eat 1,500 calories every single day, Monday to Friday. Uh, then on the weekends, you had 2,500 for, you know, Saturday and Sunday, right? Uh, I can't really do the math that's on my head, but you'd still be in a deficit. It's not quite the 3,500 if I can do it in my head, but basically you split deficit for the week. So your calories don't have to just be, you know, like every single day the same. You vary them. And for my client self, I like to do a rest day and a workout day because those work better because you're expending more energy on your workout days and a little less energy on your rest days, right? Now, I don't really like to play around with too much in the fact that, let's just say, you go to play basketball one day itself and then you kind of, you know, overeat your calories or you're like, oh, you know, I'm going on a hike, so I'm going to eat eat more calories itself that's kind of like a bad habit in terms of like you know eating away your calories back right and that's a struggle that a lot of people have that come to me itself is just kind of eating those calories back over there so rather than keep it with your rest day you're playing basketball like i do this all the time like my rest days i try to do something more active but i don't i eat my rest day calories right and my rest day calories right now are pretty low actually well 1750 uh 
grinding out the last bit of my cut right now. But I always try to do something active, right? Play some tennis outside or go, let's say, on more walks itself. But I do have a daily step goal or just play some volleyball, something more active or there. But I don't treat it like a workout day calories, even if I go play tennis or, you know, a couple hours or play volleyball for two hours itself. I treat that as a rest day. And that's what you should do too as well, right? So you don't want to get into that habit over there. It's like, oh, okay. All right. So hopefully that kind of uh, makes sense and clarifies some things. Now, how to lose fat and not muscle and cut. This is important because a uh, guy, girl, anything itself, you want to keep that muscle because that's what gives you that shape. But also this muscle is very hard to build in the first place, right? So this is why you could see some people on like Instagram, something that they make a drastic transformation. Maybe they work out for like 10, 15 years. And then they do like one cut itself and they look like a whole different human being. That's because they took a lot of time to build that muscle and the muscle building process took a long time. And cutting process of losing fat is relatively quick, especially compared to muscle building. Now, this is why I want to keep that muscle because it really gives that shape, keeps your metabolism high so you can eat more food itself, higher calories while still losing weight, right? Now, some big things is number one is definitely your protein intake. Right. So going back like earlier on today, when I was doing consultation with the person, uh, he was definitely under eating his protein. I would say he was probably getting like 60, 70 grams per day itself. And this person was like 185 pounds. Right. He's definitely losing a lot of muscle. And he was uh, jet, like around like 23% body fat. He's been working out for over 10 years and he doesn't look like it. Right. So with that being said, you want to make sure that protein intake is high. And he's been struggling to really lose that weight and really get into that shape. He's never really got a six pack, right? So protein takes very, very important. Most of you guys have protein intake around the one gram per pound of body weights itself on that kind of aspect. I generally use your reference photos that you guys send me when you guys do start on to try to determine your body fat percentage because um, I usually do around well, like one gram per pound of body weight or one gram per pound of lean body mass. So kind of use your body fat percent reference chart or what the base on your photos said me and go with the lower end. If I think, you know, it's like might have a hard time adhering to it itself. And then I maybe bump it out later or down on the road itself. Uh, when you are showing that consistency or we can bump it up just due to let's say we're getting further into cuts and having a little more protein could help you save a little muscle or can benefit you a little bit more. Right? So with that being said, if somebody's like 300 pounds, like 40% body fats, I'm not going to problem 300 grams of protein, right? That's kind of like the same scenario over there. I'd usually use the one gram per pound of lean body mass. And that comes around maybe like 180 grams for him itself. Cause he's like 4%. All right. So sleep is going to be super important for, you know, being able to lose fat, not muscle either. Cause there's a lot of studies showing that people who got the poor sleep, they generally lost a lot of more muscle, right? Compared to people who got good sleep and good quality sleep is important. Not just going to bed at 12 AM and wake up at 8 AM. It's like, you know, sleeping throughout the night inside, like, you know, maybe before you get like two or three times. Okay. Maybe, maybe four at the high end, but if you wake up like kind of more than that, like more than four times a night itself, even I would say three, you really probably want to get that checked on itself. Like me personally, I understand this stage of my cuts, it's just normal itself. You do wake up a lot more than that. And that's just the byproduct of being really lean. And it's, this is not my body weight set point. My body does not want to be here itself and it's it definitely feels more tiring and i have to take in more naps right so if you guys are not getting good quality sleep or let's say you get five to six hours then later on in the day you probably want to schedule a nap i schedule a nap every single day itself for pretty much an hour sometimes like i scheduled two naps itself depending on how bad my sleep was before just like so a function more properly right so this bodybuilding is not healthy by the way getting to like the extreme levels of leanness so i just have to preface that 
All right, so training-wise, it's super important to really train heavy and hard opposed to or near failure because a lot of people switch up all their rep ranges to like really high reps. Like let's just say they were doing 6-8 before or something like that or, you know, and pushing very heavy weights. And they do very light weights now itself and like 20 plus reps, something like that. You're going to lose a lot more muscle, right? Because what builds your muscle is what's going to keep your muscle. So you guys don't want to change up that training like that. So you guys want to train very heavy itself and that kind of regards and train with that same intensity. Otherwise, you guys are going to lose a lot of that muscle. And it happens all the time. I see it with a lot of people. Right now, if you're too big of a deficit too as well, like let's say um, you're bulking before itself at like 35,000 calories or 3,500, and all of a sudden you drop it down to like 1,500 calories itself, you're going to lose quite a bit of muscle too as well just because it's such a big drop in energy for your body and you're not going to be able to push much weight. And your sleep's probably going to take a toll too as well because when you have too low calories, your sleep is going to get uh, affected, right? You're going to wake up a lot more itself. Your training is not going to be very great because you're not going to be able to push as much weight. And if you're not pushing as much weight, you're going to lose that muscle because your muscle has no reason to stay because it's not lifting, let's just say, like, I don't know, 225-pound bench press, and now you're only lifting 185. So that muscle is going to go away, right? Because you're not lifting as heavy over there. And you're not able to maintain that muscle. Also, having low stress levels is going to be important to make sure you're able to keep that muscle, right? Stress is kind of relative, though like how someone perceives one thing versus another. Like if one person got into a car accident itself, they could be super stressed for like a month. But another person is like, okay, I'm fine the next day itself. Off, That's a little different. And uh, you could use supplements, different supplements to kind of help with that. And people have different stress management techniques itself. And I personally journal every single day. I meditate in that kind of regards. And I take some walks outside, walks, like especially when it's sunny, kind of help me out on that cards. Just keep my stress levels low. But everybody can usually has something different. Maybe it's a favorite sport to play. I love volleyball, but I can't really play right now. It affects my training too much. Uh, so I would say it's something to kind of help me low keep away from stress. All right. So how to maximize muscle gain? Muscle gain is very similar to basically the last topic of how to not lose fat and muscle on the cut. It's pretty much the same kind of concept of getting that adequate protein, sleep, and training really hard and heavy to as well, and not too big and for maximizing muscle gain though, a calorie surplus is going to be the best bet, right? So if someone, for example, consultation earlier, he's worked for 10 years. He's like, I really want to, you know, gain as much as I can, but also lose as much fat, but he doesn't work here for 10 years already itself. And he's was in a high body fat percentage, like 23. Yes, he could gain muscle and lose fat at the same time, just because he was a pretty much quote unquote, like overweight was an optimizing thing. Uh, but being in a calorie surplus, at the end of the day is going to help out more because muscle is energy demanding. And if you're, let's say, slightly above, like pretty much your maintenance calories, I would say within like 150, 200, usually better bet. If you're too much above your maintenance calories, so that's basically maintenance calories, is my calories you need to basically sustain your body weight and not gain or lose, you could be gaining a lot more fat, right? Because muscle is you don't need a lot of extra calories to build that muscle itself. Because like I mentioned, muscle building is such a slow process. So if you do overeat, and there's a lot of studies that kind of show that as well, you will put on way more fat than muscle, if anything, right? And I personally made the mistake too as well, where I was like, okay, I'm just going to try just dirty bulking as much calorie, uh, as much weight, because I had a weight goal, right? This is like the first time I think I was trying to hit 200 pounds. And then like I was aiming for one pound a week itself, and I was up to 5,000 calories. And now that I look back at it, like in the moment, I thought I was like, wow, I'm getting a lot of lean muscle, right? I look good. But looking back at it, look at the photos, look at my progression over there. 
I definitely put on so much more fat than I need to. And then when I started my cuts itself, I lost like 30 pounds just to look like, you know, like a decent, like 12% kind of body fat itself, but I had to lose 30 pounds to do that. But in the moment itself, it's like, wow, I'm going to, you know, try to gain as much muscle as I possibly can. But in reality, I just put on a lot of fats and my face definitely showed, right? So I, my face definitely gets a lot more pudgy when I do kind of put on that weight and I didn't notice in the moment. And I promise you, it's, you just need a very small amount of calories, 150, 200 uh, over your maintenance itself to really kind of maximize that muscle gain. Now, you, there was studies showing that, you know, a heavier kind of surplus will lead to slightly more muscle gain. But the problem is when you do cut down, when you do decide to, you're going to lose that muscle pretty much in that kind of process um, of doing that one. So at the end of the day, it's a lot better to have very slight kind of calorie surplus than a big one. All right. So that being said, going into the last one, how to manage hunger. Now, hunger is something that is sometimes confused by dehydration too as well or thirst. A lot of people think they're hungry, but they're actually thirsty. So I want to preface that by saying, you're hungry. Maybe it's just drinking a cup of water itself and you're like, oh, I'm not actually hungry. I'm actually thirsty. So try that first. But more high volume, low calorie dense foods is going to definitely going to help out. Like for example, if you had a whole watermelon, I think that was like what, 250 calories, something like that. It's a nice big old watermelon itself versus like a handful of fries, right? A handful of fries, it would be like 250 itself, like from McDonald's. Well, like, I'm not sure exactly, but yeah, something like that. Or one pizza slice would be a lot more than that. It'd be like, what, 260, 270 calories of pepperoni. One large pepperoni slice of like Domino's or eating a whole watermelon. Which one would make you feel more full, right? So ask that question for yourself over there. No, obviously pizza is going to taste a lot better, but having those kind of food swaps, doing stuff, or even let's go for another example, bacon, right? One strip bacon is like what, 100 calories itself. If you had three strips of bacon, Versus like two and like, um, what is it? 270 or 300 grams of chicken breast. Which one do you think would fill you up more, right? 300 grams of chicken breast is quite a bit. Take a lot of chewing and three slices of bacon is like what? Three little fingers right over there, right? So a lot of people think the bacon is like good high protein food over there, but comparing that to chicken breast, well, guess what? Or ground, even ground turkey itself, the amount of calories, you're going to feel a lot more hungrier right after eating that bacon. So I've got to make sure we're choosing those right foods. Needing a higher protein diet is number one because like there's a big association with people who are staying lean itself and people who are a higher protein diet, right? There's a very, very high correlation of that. People who eat higher protein diets stay a lot more lean, right? So this is why protein is so important, not just for muscle gain, but to keep your appetite in check and just to feel better, right? Now, vegetables. Vegetables are important too as well. Like, especially when I do cuts, all the meals do have vegetables. And I just kind of like almost like double up like about one... I'm having about 100 grams per meal right now, but I could get up to the points from our last cut. I was doing like 200 grams every single meal of some kind of vegetable itself, but they're very low calorie and yeah, high volume, or would you call it itself. And they also do have a lot of fiber, which could make you feel more full and also help with digestion too as well. So just those things can definitely help you out. Now, other tips for kind of hunger too as well. Some people are really bored eat, so just having things to do and planning a schedule itself can definitely help out and one of the things i recommend for uh, hunger side of things is not going on your phone or distracted when you do eat because a lot of people especially like these days itself they watch tv they eat or let's say if you're going out with friends itself they're just kind of chatting the whole time and like mindlessly eating 
you're probably not going to notice those hunger cues, right? You're probably just going to overeat itself. In that regards, but really pay attention to food, slowly cut it up itself, chew it. You're going to be a lot more easier to actually manage your portions, right? Or even like a family gathering or a barbecue or something like that. You want to make sure that you're eating mindfully, right? Not just kind of eating and chomping away. Now, if your goal is to pack as much size as you can or weight or just eat, you know, try to impress your friends eating wise, then mindlessly eating is the best way to go, right? I can promise you that one itself. Like how many people go to like, like the movies, eat a whole bag of popcorn itself, right? If you look at the whole bag of popcorn, it's pretty fucking big, right? But like, if you, I don't know, if you, for some reason, just sat there with the whole bag of popcorn itself, no movie, no distractions, no nothing, and just ate that, you'd probably maybe go through like a quarter of the bag itself and, you know, just be like, okay, maybe I don't want any more, right? Because you have like nothing else, like not distracted by anything, no movie, no sounds, not talking to somebody else. Well, I feel like the idea of snacking is, you know, just kind of like pastime or with people itself and just kind of adding that almost like a dopamine hit while you're talking to somebody. So there's a lot of things you can do to kind of manage that one. And those are some personal big tips that I always use and I always kind of emphasize. All right. So with that means, thank you guys for tuning into the Live to Inspire podcast, the number one podcast for men in the 20s trying to lose weight and get abs the first time. My mission is to inspire others to be the best version of themselves through fitness. So if you guys are tuning into this episode and want to lose weight and get your abs showing for the very first time, then DM me the words abs on Instagram at KevinWu underscore. That is K-E-B-I-N-W-U-W underscore. And we'll have a chat whether or not I can help you out lose that weight to get your abs showing for the first time. That is the ending of today's episode of the Live to Inspire podcast. If you learned something today, then make sure you hit that subscribe button so you never miss out on an episode. Also, if you leave a written review on this podcast, that'd be greatly appreciated because that pushes this podcast to more people just like you.